Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. With a new documentary out, you might know what it is, and the many discussions I have had with clients and other registered dietitians even about following a plant-based diet, I wanted to talk a little bit more about someone who has navigated this type of lifestyle. There is so much nutrition noise when it comes to food, especially when it comes to food from animals. In today's conversation, I talk with Carrie Moody. She's a registered dietitian who was a vegetarian for a long time, and we discuss why she became vegetarian, how she navigated this eating lifestyle, and why she circled back to adding back other animal foods into her diet. All the things she has lived and learned along the way has led her in developing her Metabolism Reset Program, a program designed to decrease the nutrition noise, focus on your health, and eating real food from all the food groups. And please enjoy my conversation with Carrie. Well, I'm excited to have you on today. This is kind of a different podcast for me, just with a lot of talk lately about being plant-based and eating lots of vegetables and fruits and not eating meat. And there's this documentary, have you heard of it, that's out called Game Changers. Yes, I have heard of it. And I actually started to watch it. Um, Did you? got about 20 minutes in and then life kind of happened around here. So I was already just annoyed with it. I turned it off. <laughs> so... <laughs> Sorry. I think I, no, no, I, I think I watched it in like six different sessions because I was like, this is so dumb. And then I'd shut it off <laughs> and I'd be yeah. like, I want to watch a little bit more just to see if it gets stupider. <laughs> but I didn't, yeah. And I didn't expect you to kind of watch it. I just know that I've been getting a lot of questions just even at work and just with people that I encounter of my thoughts. I've actually had three clients in the past week tell me they're like oh so i watched this documentary and i'm like oh did you watch game changers and they're like yes and i'm like oh my goodness and of course it's hard not to react like you know pissed off and be like don't watch that crap but yeah i love the thought of kind of people thinking about eating more plants i always think that's a good thing right and so in this podcast i kind of wanted to talk to you because i know in our previous conversations we talked about you being vegetarian for quite a long time, but then you came back to eating animal products, but you kind of ate a few in between while you're also vegetarian. But I kind of wanted to get your perspective on being in that space and then kind of coming back to eating more animal products and how that worked for you in your life. Okay. Yeah, sure. So when I was 13 years old, I subscribed myself somehow. I don't know. Remember like, I don't know. Somehow I got subscribed to a magazine called Sassy Magazine for (laughs) teens. (laughs) Yeah. And I read this article in it about like the mistreatment of animals, like in the slaughterhouses and all that. And I was so just horrified. I was 13 years old. Okay. So I was traumatized basically. (laughs) And I told my mom, I'm a vegetarian now. I'm not eating meat. And she made like roast every night, roast and chicken and, you know, meat at every meal, basically. Um, and so my version of 
being a vegetarian when I was 13 years old was, okay, well, you're serving rolls and mashed potatoes with it. So that's what I'm going to eat instead. Um, nobody in my family was a vegetarian. So I didn't really have an understanding of what it meant. I just decided I wasn't going to eat meat pretty much. Um, so I started looking up like, what do vegetarians eat kind of thing? Um, and I ate vegetables. I've always eaten like, you know, vegetables at meals and stuff, but I just basically cut out the meat section and I decided I'm still going to eat eggs and I'm still going to eat cheese because why would anybody ever give up cheese in their life? Exactly. Um, <laughs> so I was considered a lacto ovo vegetarian and I was very proud to tell people that, um, you know, did you go um, around telling people I'm a lacto ovo vegetarian? <laughs> did you know? <laughs> I, di- I did actually, cause I thought it was really cool. Um, but it wasn't any type of like, I wouldn't, have considered myself to be plant-based, even though I was a vegetarian. Does that make sense? It's kind of weird. Um, well, I don't think, I don't think though, back when you were 13, like plant-based wasn't the tagline. It was right. Vegetarian. I wasn't, I wasn't focused on, you know, like I'm going to get my protein from this or that. I was basically just eating like carbs, like mm-hmm. anything that wasn't meat. I was eating it, pasta, bread. Like I was a carpetarian pretty much. Um, <laughs> And I kind of stuck through that. And as I got older and like smarter, I started getting better about um, like the different foods I was eating, like the beans and, you know, like lentils and stuff. I wasn't super into nutrition yet, Um, but I became a mom when I was pretty young. So I had my first daughter when I was 20. I was a vegetarian through my whole pregnancy and everybody was telling me she's going to be sickly because you're not eating enough protein or you're not this or that. Um, She was perfectly fine. Same thing with my second daughter. And then when I was 26, I started to, I can't remember exactly what happened, but for some reason, I decided to bring chicken and fish back into my diet. Um, So with my son, I was pregnant with my son and I just started slowly eating meat. And what would happen is people would be like, oh my gosh, you're eating meat. And then it would piss me off and I would stop eating it again. <laughs> just, because you told everybody so long that you were, you know, a vegetarian. So people started right. probably like going, oh, well, you went back to the dark side. Yeah, exactly. And it irritated me. And I was like, well, fine. I'm not, I'm just not going to eat it then. Or someone would be like, oh, you care about the cows again? You know, that kind of thing. And, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. So then it would like, I would have these little moments where I would go back and forth. Um, but ultimately I started, I, I started with chicken and fish and then I started eating, you know, ground beef. I still don't eat a lot of red meat. I actually haven't had an actual burger. And I know some people are going to slap me for saying this. I had a fir- <laughs> my first burger in September of this year. <laughs> That's okay though. Was it weird? Was it weird eating it? Like, was it, did it taste good or did you just didn't, you just didn't know how it felt? I just had, it's been so long. Like I was kind of worried about, I I don't know. I don't, I just never have. I've always gone for the black bean burger option. Mm -hmm. I make my own black beans or um, sweet potato burgers and I eat ground beef, but I've never, I haven't had it in like burger form, which Saying it out loud sounds so ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it does, but, but, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, no one has to eat burgers. Right. 
So, but I mean, you can't go to, so I would go to like before they had all these veggie options at like, say we went to Burger King or something. I would just ask for a burger with no meat on it. That's how I would order my burger. So you just eat the bun and like pickles and pretty much and and even ketchup. Like we have in and out burger here and mm, my kids mm-hmm. love it. My family loves it. And I would get the grilled cheese, which is basically the bun, onions, and cheese. Really? <laughs> it probably still is good. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I've changed. So I'm I think it's interesting. Meat. I think it's interesting though, like, you know, at that, that age, obviously 13 is a very, like, you're just all over the map anyways. And so pretty much anything that strikes you during that age is probably going to stick with you for a while because you're so impressionable Mm -hmm. that you remember like that specific moment, but you don't remember the specific moment when you were like, oh, I'm going to start bringing back some fish and some chicken. You know what I mean? Like, that's interesting. Yeah. I know. Um, (laughs) And I see these, you know, these documentaries that come out. So I know the premise of anytime somebody talks about a documentary that they watched on Netflix, I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, like the fat, sick and nearly dead. I tried it. I went and bought a juicer and I juiced for a week and I was miserable by like day two. But I see how people get caught up into that because it's so it's like fear mongering. And I can't stand that. Um, but I've fallen victim to it before too. So I kind of understand it. Um, oh, sure. how that happens. And, but I mean, when you work in the field of nutrition, it's different than, I don't want to say when you're just like a layman, but when you're, when you don't, you're not around it every day, you, you're very impressionable, I think for sure. It's easy for people to like, you know, and like you said, in any documentary, like they just show like the glamorous side of it. Like, oh, this is if you do this, this will be your result. And that's all you have to do. And it's just perfect. But even like the juicing thing, like you said, after two days, you were like, this is terrible. I can't do this. Right. And they never put into context what like, what are people eating before they start all of this? You know, like how different and how long have they been doing this other type of food lifestyle. So like when you started switching back and having more meat in your diet, did you feel differently? Did you tolerate it okay? People are like, oh, well, if you go from vegetarian back to eating meat, you're going to get really, really sick and you're going to feel bad. Oh yeah. No, I, it would be like, I don't know, a couple ounces maybe of Mm -hmm. chicken or like I would try a couple bites here and there. It wasn't like I just all of a you sudden, didn't go from like this me. huge slab of meat. <laughs> no, 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 it was a very, very slow process. And I was, I was actually pregnant at the time. So if I oh. was experiencing, um, you know, changes or like weird side effects, I didn't know if it was the pregnancy or if it was like what I was eating. I mean, mm-hmm. I just wasn't really paying attention to it, but no, I don't think anything, I did it very, very slowly. So I didn't notice any like huge reactions or anything yeah, to, it. to it. And when, when did you start like during that time, were you a dietitian at that time or were no. you? No, no. Nope. So when nope. did you become a diet? Did, when did you become a dietitian? Then after you started eating meat again? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. So then you're probably like, Oh my gosh, what the heck have I been doing? When yeah. It comes well, back to your eating vegetarian way. Right. For many Many years. I mean, if it, there's definitely a right way to go about 
about it, you know, being, if you want to be a vegan or if you want to be a vegetarian, like more power to you. But I just didn't have like the knowledge or the education or the understanding of all of it to do it in like the healthiest way. So surprisingly, when I would have blood work done, like I was never anemic. I was never, you know, my labs came back normal. So I was doing something right, apparently. Right. (laughs) um, Yeah, I don't scary to think back. (laughs) But if you started eating beans and, you know, like, again, it's all about that balance. And I think that the education part is the big thing. And I think with this whole, like you were eating plant-based, if you would think about it, like you were definitely eating more plant-based in that description of what things are calling it now, instead of you were still vegetarian, which is now the new flashy word for plant-based or plant-based is a new flashy word for it. But overall healthy people are going to always just always be overall healthy. Don't you kind of think like if you're not eating a whole bunch of junky food or you're not, you know, not taking care of your health, then yeah, eating more plants might help your health or it might hurt your health depending on your situation. Yeah, exactly. Um, And that's what is funny to me. Like when people cut like whole food groups out. But then they start incorporating like more vegetables and more healthy fat and more protein. Yeah, you're going to see better results because you're bringing in all these good foods as well. So is it because you cut out that one particular thing or is it because you're incorporating more of the good stuff too? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that's, I think that's where that fine line kind of falls kind of like, well, let's see what you've been doing for the last 15 years and (laughs) then we'll determine how adding this or taking this away will help you with your health. It's not just like a one day difference. Just like for you, it wasn't a one day difference from when you started to become a vegetarian to when you started adding meat back. It wasn't just like, oh, okay, well now life's, now I'm going to do this and things just automatically change for you. You had to ease your way back into it. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So I think it's interesting. I'm like, you ultimately did it because of farming practices, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, that was the, the article at the time that you became vegetarian. As a dietitian and kind of going forward in your career, did you start to educate yourself about farming practices or what kind of, what kind of made you okay with eating animal products again? Well, yeah, definitely. Um, I became more educated on like the agricultural side of things for sure. Um, But it was kind of just like, I I looked at it like, okay, I was 13 and it's the same way I look at these documentaries now. Like that was a fear mongering like article that I had read at a very impressionable time in my life. So it swayed me to just follow this practice for a really long time. Um, I don't know. It just... I I think as I got older, I I just got a little more wiser about how things are done. And like, there's farming, obviously, like some of my friends are huge ag proponents, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's great. And I feel like I'm learning even more every single day. So just taking like a whole health approach to my diet and health and everything in general is just like, it's just benefited me in so many ways. So um, that definitely played a big part in it for sure. Um, 
And did you, I know that a lot of people, um, like we do have mutual friends that are very big in the agricultural world, but I, I've learned a lot myself and then just actually going and visiting farms and meeting farmers and talking to them about their practices. That has definitely helped me also. Do you feel like sharing that message with like your clients that probably have these similar questions that you did once upon a time? Oh, absolutely. I feel like a lot of, um, my best like advice to people comes from having like lived through it. So especially when somebody is telling me that they want to be a vegetarian, um, like what is sparking that? Like, what are you hearing? What did you watch on Netflix? You know, like (laughs) I don't ever, and plant-based to me isn't necessarily like being a vegetarian or a vegan. It's having a diet that's mostly plants and then eating some meat as well. That can be plant-based. I know we talked, we've talked about this before, but Um, so yeah, like drawing from my own experiences and then being able to share what I've learned over time, um, and, you know, through my education and just experiences in general, that's been really helpful, um, to kind of see those aha moments, you know, that clients just, it just like the light bulb comes on and they're like, oh, okay, well, my dietitian's telling me I don't, I don't have to cut this out. Um, so yeah. That's been helpful for sure. And that's probably been very helpful. Like you have just released a program too, just recently about resetting your metabolism. Isn't it called metabolism reset program? Is that what it's called? It is. Um, Yeah. So, well, okay. Let me just clarify. You can't just press a button and like reset your metabolism. (laughs) You can't? Oh, dang it. (laughs) But I was hoping that's what I was paying for if I signed up for your program. (laughs) No, like the whole premise is behind it. It is finding like the ditching the food anxiety, letting go of all the rules that you've accumulated over the, over the years of your life and just focusing on eating like a normal person. And being able to like put your attention on the things that need your attention or that you want to put your attention on instead of worrying about the food all the time because people get so caught up in it and and they make it so complicated. Um, So I definitely take like a whole health approach to everything, balancing out your plate with um, protein and fiber and fat and really helping to keep your hormones balanced and your blood sugar controlled. And then that leads to just you feeling better in general. Um, so I implemented that with myself, of course, as well. And I believe in it and I teach it to clients and I see it work for hundreds of people and it's great and I love it. Um, so yeah, I'm a, that's my new program. That's my baby. I'm really excited about it. I love it. Um, well, and I think it ties in, it ties in perfectly to this conversation because of that fear of food because of things like you know, documentaries and like the whole plant-based movement and people start to get those mixed messages where you're as, Hey, come back to let's, let's go back to like all the other things that you should be focusing on and not what's the next coolest kind of food trend you should be following. Right. Yep. That's exactly what it is. There's just so much diet and diet information and just nutrition noise in general that people don't know where to even start. Um, And it's confusing and overwhelming. So I like to try to turn off all that noise and just get them to kind of reconnect with their bodies. Like, what is your body telling you that you need? And I know maybe that sounds kind of like wooey, but um, (laughs) 
But it's true. It is like your body will speak to you through symptoms. And, you know, if you have a headache, why do you have a headache? Did you not drink enough water? Are you hungover? Um, yeah. you know, did, <laughs> did you not eat today? So just kind of like tuning back into to all of that and then eating like a normal person with balance. Like that's it. It's as easy as that. It's that easy. <laughs> do you feel like when talking about eating animal products, do you feel like a lot of your clients do you feel like protein is one of those things protein is one of those things lacking in a lot of people's diets? Do you see that being a trend? Um, not with my clients really. If anything, I think they're getting um the clients that I typically see are usually getting plenty of protein. Like that's not that's really the good. issue. Yeah. Um I think my clients tend to not eat enough fat. Um because hmm. for so long they've been fearing fat. Um, I'm not talking like fat on, you know, steak or, you know, you know what I'm talking about. The good, sure. healthy yeah, like, omega-3s kind of yes. fat. Like in so. fish and then in your nuts and seeds. and Well, and I, yeah. you know, it's funny. I had a, um, and I would say, I think you're right. People, I think are getting plenty of protein. I think people are lacking in fat because I still feel like we're part of that generation where a lot of people, like the baby boomer age are still like, those older people and then like their kids are still focused on low fat. Like you have to eat low fat because that's yes. the only way to lose weight. And so like I had a client um, talk to me specifically, this was weird yesterday about dairy because she was talking about like high fat or like whole milk versus skim milk and proceeded to tell me how much she hates, you know, skim milk. And I'm like, well, why don't you try a, a trial of drinking whole milk for a week versus skim milk and see, do you feel a difference? Do you feel more satisfied? Like, do you feel more content? Cause that fat component might be just be something that helps you not go eat a basket of cookies later because mm -hmm. that milk didn't satisfy you or what you ate it with didn't satisfy you, which I right. thought was interesting. So she's, she's now she's emailing me every day. She's like, okay, I'm on whole milk today. And this is how I feel. And so it's good to, to have that, you know, to recognize that. Do you do that with your clients too? Do you give them like kind of challenges to see how they feel eating a little bit more fat or just different components to their meals? I do. Um, so the first thing I always start with is breakfast and I'm not shy about being like a breakfast proponent. <laughs> I feel like it is like the start of your day. And I think it determines whether or not you're going to get on that blood sugar roller coaster that's going to take you for the ride of your life. Um, so I always huh. say if what you're eating at breakfast, make sure you're having high, a higher fat, higher protein breakfast with fiber. Um, well, I guess, yeah, all three things. But mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, well, I like to have a fruit smoothie in the morning. I'm like, okay, well, is that keeping you is that keeping you full until lunchtime? They're like, no, I usually need to eat something a couple hours later. Okay. So let's add some, you know, a scoop of protein powder or let's add, um, you know, some avocado or some chia seeds for fiber, something to bulk it up, a tablespoon or two of almond butter, because that's going to keep you full longer and it's going to keep your blood sugar from spiking up. So when people are kind of just like, huh, okay. And then they try it and they're like, oh my gosh, I was full for four hours and it, you know, it totally made a huge difference. And like, see, you just need to add a little fat to it so you can still mm -hmm. have your fruit, just bulk it up a little bit. So that's where I, I like to start is add some healthy fat to your breakfast. That's why I like that. Yeah. 
So that's a good, and it's a good thing to get permission to add fat to your food, to your food, to your meals. <laughs> like, hey, it's okay. You don't have to follow that mindset of less is more. Yeah. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> I know. The, no, the most resistance comes from um, like the people that do intermittent fasting and oh, I can't eat until noon um, kind of thing. That's just a whole new ball game. So <laughs> that's kind of like right in there with the plant-based eating, I think, is those two things are the top two things that I think we compete with as dietitians, just helping people. Do you feel that way? Uh, yeah, it's definitely. And keto's up there too. Another one like uh, eliminating like the full like carbs or restricting it so much. I'm just like, you don't, you don't have to do that. Like you can still get results. And the intermittent fasting, and I, I don't know. I could go on for hours about that, but um, I'm not to say of- like. I, so what I do is I always recommend at least a 12 hour fast um, to keep your digestion, like your digestion, working how it's supposed to work to kind of let your body rest a little bit. But I don't make it like a restrictive thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, if you have dinner at six o'clock at night are you going to eat breakfast, you know, before that in the morning? So give your time, your time. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm choking over my words. Right <laughs> <That's now. okay. laughs> give your body some time to rest, to digest your food and then go from there. So I don't make it like restrictive. Like you can't eat before this time or anything like that. But I do think, uh, you know, giving your body time to rest is very important, but I don't ever, I would never say like, you can only eat during this eight hour window. Um, and while we're on the topic of that, actually, my, have you ever heard of the five, two diet? No. What's that? What's that? <laughs> it's a type of, of fasting diet. And my dad actually did it. And oh my gosh, I was like shaking my head the whole time. So it's like, <laughs> it's, um, five days out of the week you eat like normal and then two days you only eat 500 calories. What? I'm like, yeah. I was like, so what are you going to eat? He's like, well, usually it's just like a can of soup and an apple. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what are you doing? Wow. Yeah. So those kind of like extreme things are just too much for me to handle. I have a hard time like biting my tongue. <laughs> so... Do you have people coming with to you with stuff like like those kind of crazy food rules happening in their lives? Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Not necessarily to that extreme. He's the only weird one like <laughs> He's just your dad. <laughs> yeah, just my dad. Um but yeah, a lot of people saying, "Well, I can't eat before this time or I can't have this food." And you know, people that have done whole 30 or the mm-hmm. types of you know, programs that tell you you can't you have to cut this out or you can't have this or this is bad. And I think it all comes back to that whole mindset, you know, like what you're believing um, versus what is actually like true. I don't know how to really put it into words, Um, but that mindset of getting you into believing something that's not necessarily true for you. And then you kind of spiral. So if you screw up, then you're feeling guilty or shame. And then, you know, you feel like a failure and then you start all over and it brings you back into the whole cycle of dieting all over again. Um, so I really try to find out what is, what's your motivation behind doing this, um, before we even get started. So yeah, food rules are a big, 
a big thing I try to break down, especially before somebody goes through the program. Cause once they go through it and they're like, Oh, okay, well that's not what I was told before. I'm like, uh, uh-uh. you got to forget <laughs> everything you were told before. <laughs> right. Does not apply. You can eat after 7 PM if you want, you know, like those kind of things that I'd be like, well, I'm not, yeah. I didn't think I was supposed to eat after 7 PM. Didn't Oprah tell us that? You know, <laughs> yeah. those they'll pop yeah. up randomly though. I bet like just in conversation. Oh yeah. All the time. All the time. <laughs> Which then I think it just goes back to like the whole mindset thing, the food rules, but then also eliminating things out of your diet or eliminating food groups out of your diet. Like there's no like one food group that's an enemy. And I'm sure that that's a hard habit to break for a lot of people too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, carbs. Carbs I, are I, huge. People do not. They're so scared of and fruit. Do you find out fruit? People are scared of fruit. Yeah. Constantly. I'm like, listen to what you're saying. Like you're right. A diet is telling you, you can't eat fruit (laughs) or like what? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I always love, I always tell the people the example of, especially people that are like, well, I'm thinking about going vegan. And I'm like, well, do you know, you know that Oreos are vegan (laughs) and they're like, really? (laughs) And like their eyes just light up like, oh my gosh, I can eat Oreos. And it's like, Exactly. You're totally missing the point of why you're doing this. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. And so I'm assuming I'm assuming that of course that you don't eliminate any food groups out of your program unless someone has specific like food allergies or something like that that they cannot eat food. Right. No, absolutely not. Every it's all about that balance. And if there are people who have like allergies, I do, I provide them with like a swap list of options that they can pick from. So even if they're, you know, um, a vegetarian or something, I give more plant-based protein options and um, just to kind of make it your own things. It's not like a meal plan. You know, anybody can follow a meal plan for 30 days. It's about like learning to put these foods in your body that make you feel good and energized. So, and customizing it to fit your lifestyle. That was really important for me to to make sure people understand that. Well, because you have you have a crazy lifestyle yourself. I mean, you're feeding four other or five other people, and I'm sure they're all different too, and your schedules are all different. So that's that's pretty that's pretty awesome that you're very focused on helping people fit their lifestyles with their food. Yeah, thank you. Yep. I like that. My kids. I think I should do don't... your program. <laughs> I think you should. It'd be awesome. I should. Only if you give me a testimonial. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I need to work on balancing my hormones because I'm getting old and I'm getting crazy. So, <laughs> yeah, but I'm not crazy, kidding. Crazy, like by your definition of crazy or? Um, I, by my definition and probably some other people that associate with me on a regular basis, I have moments of... <laughs> of rage and craziness so (laughs) but no i think and i think that's a good point too like just every you naturally your body's changed just by age too and so what worked for you you know 10 years ago might not work for you now and that's why Mm -hmm. your program would be a great thing to do just to kind of reevaluate where you are in your life and what your metabolism is actually doing and make it work as best as it possibly can Yeah. Yeah. It's, I get a lot of, you know, women that are 
in like premenopausal even. And they're like, well, I have to be on these medications now and I'm trying to get my hormones balanced. I'm like, oh, I know I don't want you to have to do that, but Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes it's necessary, but teaching just going back to like the basics, it blows my mind, like how life-changing it can be for people to just strip everything down and go back to, to the basics of just eating. Right. Not overthinking it. Oh, right. So, yeah. I would agree with you 100%. Yeah, that's why I feel like I probably need to get back to that too. Back to just eating real food and doing all the food groups and not eliminating anything and decreasing your stress. And, and I think I think the biggest thing about stress, like for people that are like perimenopausal or people that are dieting, that stress that you put on yourself with like food fear and things like that is way worse for you than any food that you're going to eat. It's that anxiety yeah, I, around food. I agree. Yeah, that's one of the big, big four that I like to talk about. So eating, exercise, sleep, and stress. And I think sleep and stress that people don't realize how much it actually affects their bodies and their metabolisms. And um, so they kind of get these like, I've been doing everything right and I'm still not, you know, where I want to be. Okay. Well, are you sleeping? Yeah. I get like a solid four hours every night. Or, you know, like, <laughs> oh, I, I was so stressed out because I have teenagers. I'm like, welcome to my life. <laughs> like, Mine are never going to go away. I, yeah, I feel like they're going to live with me forever. I'm just in this chronic state of stress. So, so yeah, focusing on those things it is, Huge, huge. And a lot of people don't really take that whole health thing into consideration. So, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Well, I love that you share. I loved that. I kind of love that your journey led you to this program, you know, just with your experiences of, you know, having food stress and having not sure why you're doing what you're doing. And then you know, even the stress of people saying, oh, you, you're eating meat again. You like cows, you know, like that's even like a food stress, <laughs> yeah. like people judging you for what you're doing, but you still like overcame it and you've learned from it. And now you're helping people kind of navigate their own personal experiences, their own food journeys, which is, I think, amazing. And I'm so glad you came out with your program because I think it's very beneficial. Thank you. How long, how long is so kind of how long is your program? I'm going to put the links to your program in the show notes, but maybe just run me through like how do we sign up? How long your program is? Um so right now I usually open registration once a month. Um because I don't have it running constantly all the time. So I like okay. the accountability piece of it, so it's a 4 week just like a four week overview of your metabolism um, to get you started. Um, we do like weekly check-ins, but everything you have lifetime access to all of it. And I'll give you the link to get on the wait list for it. So like the wait okay. list will get, you know, information on when the card is opening before everybody else. Cause I do keep it limited to a certain number of spots each time so that it's more of a tight knit group um, for accountability. So Awesome. So yeah, I'll have to give you some notes, some information on it. Yeah, please do. And I'll connect that in the show notes. And I appreciate your candidness about being vegetarian and also about being open to incorporating animal products back into your life. And um, 
we won't be coming out with a documentary anytime soon on this, but (laughs) we'll leave that up to other people. (laughs) Yeah. You never know. We could just be like the commentary. We could do like, oh yeah. We could break it all down for them. No, that could be be fun. Yeah. With cocktails, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Well, thank you so much, Carrie. Of course. Thanks for having me. I think it's very interesting how Carrie was influenced at such a young age from a magazine. I think I even kind of remember Sassy Magazine. Fear-mongering about food has been around for a long time. With anything you watch or read or hear, even as registered dietitians, it's always important to dig a little deeper. As nutrition professionals, we can still get caught up in fear-mongering without even really knowing it. So always be aware of relying on credible information from credible sources. And always educate yourself. If you have a question about food or if you're wondering things yourself as a registered dietitian, then you know people in your communities and in your your where you live are all questioning the same things. So make sure to go learn about our food go visit a farm see how animals are treated see where our food comes from and how things are made so we can educate our clients and customers with the correct information so then they're not getting it from magazines tv or other documentaries my website annelizabethardy.com is where you can read my latest embrace the hell yeah blog post as well as my previous podcast show notes and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with these great nutrition experts my book is also available to purchase on my website and i hope we can connect more on social media by finding me on instagram facebook twitter and pinterest at annelizabethrd remember to be great always find the joy in each day and to start a conversation that truly matters